All right, children, welcome to another fabulous episode of The Lemon Squeeze. Oh, I have a very, very special guest, another very, very special guest, one of my dear friends, the Antichrist of drag, <laughs> nocturnally mission in the house. Booyah. Yeah. How's it going? It is going wonderful. Wonderful, girl. I'm super excited to be Are here. You, you ready for this lemon squeeze? I think so. Okay. we. I'm ready. This. And you know, I can't do this show without my fabulous co-host, Mysterio Cassadine yep. and Lady Camille Cassadine. Hi. Yeah. Nocturna, how you been doing, girl? I've been doing well. I feel like I'm still recovering from October and December doing <laughs> like 50 different makeups. Kind of took it out of a girl. So <laughs> she's bouncing back slowly. You do some incredible work, by the way. I want to give you kudos face to face because I'm I suck at social media. Like I'm still not at the place. By the way, if you not didn't know, listeners, I'm in my forties. I came out when Nokia had the like flashing battery packs in the antenna. I miss my brick phone. I know. Wasn't that nice? But like <laughs> I'm I'm horrible with it. so I see the pictures and I'm like, oh my God, I love this, but I don't like it. Or I don't comment. Oh, that's what was uh, up. Yeah, you know I love you though. Yeah, <laughs> you're so talented. Nocturna, how long have you like been doing drag? In March, it'll be my eleventh year. Eleven. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. I feel. I, I think I met you like meet? we met at Lush. Yeah, we met at Lush. So probably back in like 2015, 2016. It's been so long. That's when I moved up here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Yeah, I've been doing it for eleven years now, and. Man, I feel like I've been all over the city. I started off with like Suck It, Victoria DeVille show, and then I went to being a cast member at Lush, probably a, a little too rough around the edges to be a cast member at that point, but <laughs> I I'm, think, so. I'm thankful for it. Yeah, I think you were incredible. And I don't know, just been just trying to always have fun taking any new opportunity that I can, anything that challenges like my makeup, my looks. I'm on board to do. And you even started a a wonderful show, Ghoul Friends, mm -hmm. which I'm telling you, like, I think you've done a great thing for the entertainers that like to play in that realm. Like, how's that been for you? One, it's been it's been really rewarding. I remember coming up in the scene and being probably the only alternative performer in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and there wasn't much of a space for that style of drag in Minneapolis at the time. So I had to come up in like the burlesque world and the dance parties doing pop-up numbers. So now to have an actual show that showcases alternative drag of different kind of styles, because alternative drag just isn't spooky. It's like the artistic side, the creative side, mm -hmm. anything that kind of steps out of that like norm that you would see. We just hit our year anniversary. Wow, it's a year already? Yeah. Girl, damn, time is yeah, flying. Last, last November was our year mark, or last October was our year mark, so we're already yeah. like four or five more shows into the year, and mm -hmm. we're booked through December at the saloon. Wow, that's incredible, though. Mm -hmm. That's a good show, though. You've done, mm -hmm. like, a great thing for the community, creating the show. Thank and, you. And I think my favorite thing about you is, and I always express to entertainers, like, 
you can still make your own way in this industry and stay true to yourself as a performer. And you've always done that. And even dabbled in a little glam drag along the way. Oh, like, yeah, yeah you, you've turned it out. I honestly think being open to taking other types of drag into your drag is what will find you the most success. Mm -hmm. I love going super bloody, super scary all the time. But I also know that not every show calls for that particular mm -hmm. thing. So it's like, how do I take that and that spooky vibe of Nocturna, but just like glamorize it or morph it into a different way to like fit another producer's show? Mm -hmm. And it's very inspiring because I think under you, no matter what people say, Nocturna opened the door for a lot of the alt entertainers here. Oh, and you did, and you made it to me more mainstream here in the Twin Cities when, again, we didn't even have a scene like that. Because mm -hmm. when we were coming up, it was pageant, extra, super glam. And if you weren't doing that, you weren't getting booked nowhere. You know, yep. it was rough, honey. I remember back in those days, I'd be like, you will never catch me wearing a rhinestone or a dresser trying to do pretty drag. And now I'm like, you should probably throw some stones on that. <laughs> Thanks, drag race. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't even say it's like drag race. I, uh, I think it would. It was all of like my sisters in the pageant world and just like them I think they definitely like Kamari and Bad Karma mm -hmm. like really pushed me to like get outside of my box of like Kmart black panties and a fishnet and be like, hey girl, try on my dress. And you're like, oh, oh, you feel nice. This is the yeah. fantasy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was the exact opposite for me because I, I did come up in a time when it was like pageant, but like you go look at some old school Sasha pictures and baby, my colors like went all the way back. I consider myself alt in Memphis, Tennessee, but that wasn't something that was popular. So now like I'm in your shoes. I can't wait to do a ghoul friends one day Ooh. so I can do some alt drag because people don't think that I got it in me, girl, but I got it in me, honey. Oh, I feel like, yeah, you I'm a, I grew up watching horror movies as a kid. Like, like literally that's all my mom like did. So my thing was, I want to be bloody. I want to be gory. I want to be bloody. I don't want you to even know that I'm Sasha. Ooh. Yeah, wouldn't you like that? that would yeah, that would be fun to watch. That, so, that's so, also a really great deal because I get to watch the show. Yeah, I host yeah. most of it. Oh, so you don't even perform that much. When you're... I all, I open the show mm -hmm. every day or every time we every have time. a show. And then I get to watch pretty much like three quarters of it if I'm oh, not changing. Me. Mm -hmm. And the next theme is the next theme is the Heartbreak Motel. I am oh. excited. Oh. I'm actually yes. gonna make my ass come out, swollen feet and all. See that. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is I've had a body bag in my closet for about a year now, and it's finally getting put. <laughs> <in my closet>. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like on sale on Amazon, so I couldn't pass up the opportunity, oh, and it was in God. black. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some stones on it. Mm -hmm. It will be. Is that where you keep your trade? <laughs> <laughs> it is. In the rhinestone body bag. Yep. So tell us about like Justin outside of drag. I mm -hmm. know like we both share a love of like anime and just tell us some stuff about that. Like it's so weird because Nocturna is such a crazy like introvert and can talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that makeup comes off, I want to be like on my couch with my two fur babies, like nerding out, watching anime, 
I also just get into like weird deep dives of like different things. Like this past weekend, it's been all documentaries, either about cults, minimalism, or the dangers of social media. <laughs> I do the same thing, girl. Like, like Mysterio is my roommate. Like he will tell you my TV. He thinks my TV is boring, but like I like looking at documentaries about oh, yes. serial killer, mm-hmm. like cults. Did you see the one on Netflix about the cults yet? Uh, Which are, one? Are you talking about the Twin Flame? Yes. Oh. So good. Yeah. You need to check it out. Have you seen it, lady? No. I, the one I just watched is the one about the Duggars and how they're, they're a religious sort of group, how culty that is. There's another one called Mother God. Mother God. On Mother God was a lot. Yeah. I watched it twice. Oh my God. I watched it twice. <laughs> it just came out. I had to watch twice, it in, girl. I had to watch it in twice. like portions. Like literally, I would pause it and like smoke a joint and just like breathe. And then watch the next second. It was sad. It was it was sad, but it's I uh, the danger. I oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I I don't hate documentaries, but yeah, I, I don't like watching them back to back to back all the time. Ooh. And normally, if he's watching a documentary, all I have to do is watch it long enough, and then I'll fall into it too, just because it's on. That I could not watch it. The Mother God, I was like, I'm gonna just go on my room and like play Switch or something because I, I, I refuse to watch this lady for another second. That's <laughs> scary. Literally. The scary thing about those kind of documentaries is that you almost get desensitized. So you watch one about a serial killer, like blah, 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 killed 27 people. And then the next one you put on, like blah, 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 killed five people. And you're like, mm, no. That's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> Not interesting. Not interesting. Oh my God, don't be telling my secrets, honey, because I'm the person, you know, because it's, I think the reason why I watch, I'll speak for myself. I watch a lot of them because I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. by it. It's like, how do you kill like John Wayne Gacy? You know, I'm not giving the man any kind of credit. How do you kill 30 something plus people and like go home and be like, a, well, they said that he was like, he was an actually good neighbor. He did a lot for yeah. his One community. Of the teachers, he was the clown at his birthday party. Like he has a picture. Seriously? Yeah. One of my high school teachers, he showed me, he was like, yeah. So John Wayne Gacy used to be, the clown that my parents would hire for my birthday party. How scary. What? And then they found out that he was like murdering that all these young boys. Crazy. Now where my teacher got lucky was that he was under the age that John Wayne Gacy was targeting. Mm-hmm. So a few more years, a few more years, he would have been in that age range. Ooh, right? Creepy, right? But to be in like such a degree of separation from that is just so strange because you see it and you so, like you said, desensitized to it because it feels so away. Like we're at home watching this happen. But to be that close, I'm like, yeah, I can watch a few of the John Wayne Gacy documentaries, especially being from Chicago and having grown up in those yeah. plains as well because I used to go to summer camp out there. Yeah. Wild. It is wild. I, that's why I love watching documentaries. It's, it's so good. wild, honey. The Fire Festival documentary on Hulu. That's a now, good one. That one is stressful. That's a good one. Yeah. So that's mm. a good one. Fire that Festival was one of my favorite ones. That, that was a good one. That gave me anxiety, babe. Like this stuff is crazy. Like I like seeing scams go wrong, and it it went so wrong, and I was like, this is amazing. And all you kids that spent your daddy's last dollar to go out there, <laughs> this is what you get. I <laughs> felt nothing. I didn't grow up rich. <laughs> like serves you right exactly <laughs> i was just like this is crazy how are y'all allowing this to happen the, like I, the red flags were so apparent for me and i was that's what was giving me anxiety i was like this is just common sense and y'all are y'all just don't want to have common sense you're making this choice they just wanted that clout that's all it was 
you want to go to a concert because they had like they tricked those kids they said mm-hmm. all these like headliners were going to be at the concert they had a few of them to do commercials that did not show up to do the concert <laughs> that was just shady all the way around i, I forgot about yeah that i live for that was fabulous videos and stuff crazy so wild so would you ever nocturnal would you ever do dragula so i was actually really set on auditioning and turning in my video mm-hmm. in this january and then i watched the latest season and it was so heavily produced with drama mm-hmm. and fighting that i was just like i feel like i've tried to spend like the past 10 years of my career not being that like bitchy person and i just can't imagine going on tv and pretending to be a bitch just to get airtime mm-hmm. So I decided that fame is not for me, and I am going to be content and happy doing what I can do in my local scene. That's fantastic. I love that. that is fantastic. Uh, and although I do think that if you went on Dragula, you would be a super. Oh my problem. goodness! Like, like I'm sure they're like, I'm sure the boules are like, please. <laughs> now, now that you said it, they're going to call you straight up and be like, uh, I like "Oh, really? That's bag how bag. you feel?" Yeah, I I do think it would be a lot of fun. I just wish they focused more on drag. Yeah. That's yeah. like my issue. Like I I feel like I posted something about this earlier on in the week that I feel like mm. these drag competition shows are so focused on the drama and mm-hmm. fighting like the premiere episode mm-hmm. of this past season. I don't think I heard anything that wasn't a read. Like true. Right when they were walking in instead of being like all excited that they're all there together mm-hmm. to do this competition, they're just like reading each other from like head to toe. And I think that's kind of spilling over into a lot of new performers coming into the scene, thinking that like that like mm-hmm. uh, TV show like dialogue is how you speak to people in person, and it's not. And honestly, it's hard for me because sometimes like people come out the gate and trying to read me up and down. I'm like, I don't even know your name, literally. Like, <laughs> like how are you already reading me? Right, we don't even know. Hello you. first. Yeah, right. nice to meet you too. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think unfortunately, you know. Thanks to, and Drag Race will have to give you this credit, They Drag Race has turned their side of things into drama. So I think, and I hate the boules are getting affected by it and allowing it into the Dragula world because part of what I did like about the show was just the creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, like Blackberry, love you Blackberry, also expressed that they did not enjoy that side of the show, that they would have had more fun if it was just about the art yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've talked to a couple people that have been on past seasons and they've told me that they think i'm making the right decision by like not auditioning wow because there have been contestants that have been removed early because they were too nice backstage and they wouldn't they wouldn't no. go into the fighting it's like why do you trick people into paying all this money to get ready for these shows and then if you don't fight drag races the same way i've heard the inside scoop on a lot of those where a lot of people went home early because they were unwilling to put up a, a fight with someone that the producers picked and mm-hmm. by the way half of these producers don't even do drag in mm-hmm. any form that part but they want you to fight and do all this crazy stuff to get ratings it's insane and like i don't want it to sound like i'm like oh all of these kids that are like starting drag because of drag race because i i am a drag queen because of drag race yeah like when i mm-hmm. saw Sharon Needles for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, 
whoa, I could do like spooky, creepy. Cool. And then that's how I got into it. But I also don't feel like they needed the drama on those earlier seasons, like one through four mm-hmm. to like sell because people were just excited to watch this new show about drag. But now it's just like they need that like next crazy thing, like this new Rada Queen system that's happening. Mm-hmm. Girl, don't copy the circle. It wasn't that good of a and job. You. Get out. Uh, <laughs> go home. Circle? What was the potion? Didn't there? There's a yeah, so potion. The because of the, split, potion. the split premiere, the winners of each episode got an immunity potion that they can utilize for any challenge in the future. But the catch is they can only utilize it before they know how the Raider Queen results yeah. are. So you have to choose it before you know if you're in top and bottom. So like you could easily use it and then end up being the one who won that episode. Now you don't have your yeah, immunity yeah, potion anymore. Did you watch Drag Race Canada this past season? I did no, I have not. I have to catch up. They had a golden beaver that they kept on passing around that was like mm-hmm. supposed to like save a queen from going into the bottom two. And I was just like... Can we stop with the plungers and the beavers and, and the, the chocolate and the chocolate? <laughs> you know, chocolate. it's chocolate. Yeah, because was it la- was it last season or season before? All of them got a chocolate bar. They the first episode they all just randomly chose a chocolate bar, and one of them had a golden ticket in it. Willy Wonka and the wh- whoever <laughs> had the golden ticket. So every time you got eliminated, you had to open your chocolate, and if you had the golden ticket, no one went home that week. But there was only one. I think it was the same season that Bosco was on mm-hmm. because I think that Bosco was it the was. one that had the ticket. Yeah. Craziness, honey. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, that season it worked because no one wanted Bosco to go home. Like we really that and look at the bitch now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that one it worked. But for these other seasons, mm, and all and the all winners cat all the all winners one was cute too. I would actually like to see like one of the normal seasons that aren't an all-star try to do that format. Where like no one goes just home. do like 10 people instead of like the 15 16 and just no one goes home let's see like everything because even this past season of dragula they got rid of like two people and they continued to post their looks like on their social and, every week. Looks. and it was better than a lot of the people that yeah. were still on the show yeah. and you're like <laughs> shout out to irene dubois because yeah. all of her stuff was much better than a lot of the girls who stayed on that season. And she was the first to go home. You know, I think I would be more entertained if I could watch the shows and all the entertainers the with stay. them. Yeah, I think it would, for me, it would be like watching Housewives. None of them get booted off. Mm-hmm. And it's way more entertaining. Because you get to follow them. And so you, yeah. rather than like a split judgment on the first three episodes, well, most of them are gone at this point. I don't really know them that well. I mean, I watched the season finale of Dragula this year within five minutes because I fast forwarded through the first 45 minutes of the episode and then through all of their like sob stories. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've, hear- I've heard the queer sob story on this show like every single time. It's so recycled. Yeah. What did you think of this season? I felt like it was lacking a little grit to the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I really miss that first season of Dragula where they like had like the worst sound system they were filming it in a basement against a black garbage bag (laughs) and and like and that felt like punk and spooky drag and so i missed that it just needed a little bit more a little bit more grit to it Mm -hmm. it felt like a lot of people were they're like here's the assignment it's terror in the woods and then suddenly everyone dressed as a camper and you're like did did everyone misunderstand the assignment? I, I did feel that way, too, because I'm like, Terror in the Woods, why are we all thinking about camping? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There's so many like horror movies that you could just reference from there. Well, I would have wanted to be like a scary tree or that, something. Yeah. 
That's mm, there's so so many <laughs> options there. That's yeah, I w- always wanted to go on Dragula because I always thought I I love pop culture, I love horror, and all of that stuff. It's like I may not have the best drag, but my ideas are phenomenal, and I mm-hmm. put a lot of people to shame with something like that. Here in the woods, there's there's so many. There was so much decadence. There's just so many. This season was hard too because you could really see the financial gap in between all of the contestants. So like there was a contestant named J.K who I thought was incredible, but like made their looks out of like foam and cardboard and acrylic paint. And like, they all ripped that contestant to shreds. But I'm like, then there was people that were wearing $4,000 boots on the stage. And I'm like, so where's the equal competition if someone's coming in with like, obviously a financial backing. You could tell. You could, mm. Oh yeah. You, could. you can tell it in the new seasons of Drag Race too. Like if you yeah. go back to those early seasons, it is like, H and M dresses, <laughs> hand sewing, hot glue, hat suit. Yes, <laughs> no, we enough. love you. We love you. <laughs> I love those seasons. BB had a cat suit for almost every runway, honey, and she won. She sure did. <laughs> so, what do you think about Nocturne? What do you think about like Minneapolis drag scene now? Like, what do you think from, especially from where we've come from? What do you think? I love how much diversity there is in the styles of drag and the backgrounds of the performers themselves that are doing drag. I, it's really beautiful. There's a lot of like different types of self self expression happening. I wish we had more venues in the city because Mm -hmm. when I started drag, I maybe started with like 10 people and like Kamari like bad karma lady mm-hmm. swallows was all a part of that and now it's like every week it feels like there's 10 new performers we got like so many queens here mm-hmm. now or performers here now mm-hmm. we have so many and all of them want to make it a career mm-hmm. <laughs> i've been doing it for 11 years and it's still not my career yeah <laughs> I, my I'm, choice i'm honey. a full-time hairstylist i own my own business doing chair rental at heart salon in northeast and I feel like if you try to like make it your career too soon, you end up losing the love for drag because now there's this like pressure that drag has to pay your bills, mm-hmm. which like it can help you pay your bills. Like the tips and everything are nice, but I just think it's like really important too to do drag for the sake of just loving drag for as long as you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also it's like, I mean, even the, people that are doing it like full time in the city, it's still difficult because we're not a city like New York or Chicago or LA where you can do three bookings in a single night. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. For being a full time performer, I think the the only downside and people don't see this is you are always working. Yeah. You're always producing and creating and thinking about it. You don't really get a break. You have to make yourself take a break. I mean, I watch those documentaries because as a producer, I'm like working on promos and yeah. making the next show and like planning out all of my shows. Like it's a lot of work. And it there's, is a lot. there's so much work that goes into drag behind the scenes. Mm. The amount of work that we put into for three minutes on stage is, is insane. And the amount of money we spend sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like all of the other, like, because I, I asked Julia, she was here last time about like, what did she think about like all of the new shows that were popping up? And I'm not talking about like stuff like Ghoul Friends or like some of the more seasoned shows. But what do you think about like a lot of the newer performers starting shows? Do, do you think that 
because I can see where it helps, but I can also see where it creates a lot of like negativity in the community a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. because some of the newer performers are not as experienced. So they're now taking shows or from venues who are like literally paying them pennies. Like, what do you think about it? I think there are a lot of show, new shows that are accepting gigs with restaurants and not actually getting compensated the way they should be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am all about like paving your own path. I think what is happening is people are like, oh, I can get a show at like all seven of these places. I'm going to do a show at all of them. Mm-hmm. But they haven't like really built a following or support around that one single show to grow their brand mm-hmm. off of. So you have to get that like one audience like really soaked in before you uh, start producing too many things because then you'll just get swallowed up by it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think there is a a lot of saturation in Minneapolis right now when it comes to drag. And I think that makes it like really hard to get our audiences to focus in on certain shows to attend. Mm-hmm. So then like we're we have a we have a large audience base, but it's it's not the same anymore. Like yeah. I feel like when we 10 years ago when I was doing drag, like the audiences were primarily queer. Yeah. And now our audience primarily is straight people mm-hmm. coming to see the show. And so if they if their attentions get put in too many different directions, it's really hard to pull them in and to focus and keep coming back to your show because mm-hmm. and I also feel like there's so many shows with the same exact cast everywhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot it of was them. a lot it was a lot more I could say yeah, I, you're right because we were performing, we had like college shows and stuff that we can go to. And it was a lot of different performers performing at these different shows. But do you think the reason why, cause I'll say this and people always ask like flip phone, you, you all book the same people, but flip phone in a sense is a different kind of show. It's more on a corporate side of things. And we tend to book the best of the best for a reason, because that's what people a to see. Do you think the reason why that happens is because there are so many entertainers now that are out here that want to perform and they're not all, I don't want to be mean and say like polished, polished. Mm-hmm. There you go. For lack of better words, mm-hmm. polished. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what do you think about like that? Cause I know I hear a lot of people say, Oh, they book the same people over and over again. I mean, I'm running into that a lot with ghoul friends. Like people are like, Oh, like I want a chance to do ghoul friends. And for me, it's like, if I've never seen you turn a look, but you like, and I'm not, if you're, if you're primarily a dancing queen that it does like the leotard body suits, you're probably not going to be the first person I look to to book for ghoul friend. Cause when I'm booking ghoul friends, I'm looking for people that are able to play in different looks and step outside like their comfort style Mm. that they normally do. I also, I, I feel like everyone wants to be a part of every show but it's okay and it's not an insult if like Mm -hmm. you aren't right for that show Mm -hmm. yeah it's not it's not me saying like i don't like your drag your drag is bad blah 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 it's just saying you're just not right for this one but i could end up producing a show that's like a different theme than that you would be great for like i've done 
I have ghoul friends, which I'm very protective of, but then I've done stuff like Saw. I've done stuff like the Pokeball with Mishika oh, Shadow. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that opens it up to a different like type of performer. Yeah. But I, I sometimes think with, when it comes here, because we run into this thing, and I'll speak for myself, I ran into this thing where the kings all feel like they're like not as embraced by the queens. I don't think that. I think that a lot of queen kings, and I'll say this, and I know this might sting to some people, don't put as much effort into it as the queens do when it comes to their drag. I think a lot of kings here have been comfortable for so long, and they haven't had to do anything, or at least that's what they feel like. But now that these all these other fabulous shows are popping up that we are making a little more money from, they're like, okay, I want this too, mm -hmm. but I want you to take me as I am, and I don't... I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, do you think that? Do you, have you seen that more around the scene that there's kings versus queens now? Uh, I don't know if I've seen seeing like a, a versus as much as just like there is like an irritation on like both sides. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to flip phone, mm -hmm. like I have done flip phone for years, mm -hmm. it's. You can be creative, but like you said earlier, it is a corporate style of drag. So like if you're wanting to come to do flip phone just to do you, that's not what flip phone books you for. They yeah. book you to come be a gingerbread man mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a dragon. <laughs> right, right. You know, so like you're going in to play a character <laughs> right. to be like just yourself. Yeah. yeah. I feel it I feel like kings they don't get that like big wow that the audience gives queens mm -hmm. and i sometimes just think that's like can be just because of the visual spectacle like yeah. the hair is big the like fake body the like costumes and there are a lot of kings that have done that like i came up with damien deluxe oh he was mm -hmm. wonderful mm -hmm. yeah. damien was just like big feathers everything hair costumes jewelry like yep. the true 100 percent commitment who else vincent the destroyer was another one that was really really good with visuals and like do you remember like some of the first avenue shows that we would do and vincent would like totally like i would say i'll take my bow like kill the queens that mm -hmm. night. like we had some good kings that were working with us once upon a time with flip phone and i think that's something i want to point out it's like just elevate your drag because like you said visually when you look at a drag queen we have so many things going on that sells us right away and the kings it's like i don't know and i'll speak for minneapolis kings because i've seen some kings abroad that like Insane. they turn it out makeup hair costumes i think some of the minneapolis kings some of them fit more of the burlesque scene and some yeah. of them some of them are just not I don't know. I don't want to be mean, but I have to always be honest. Some of them are just not meant to be performing on some of the stages. It might be something else in the arts that they're meant to do, but drag is not it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? I think it's more, for me, just like not every venue or every show is for you. Because if you want like to do the more corporate stuff. If you want to do the really big flashy shows, like having those big flashy costumes and looks and stuff are going are 
is what you're going to have to start doing to like fit your drag into that world. But if you want to do like more of the artistic side of drag, there are shows like that where those audiences celebrate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's being able to be a little bit of a chameleon when you're in drag. Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. I think that is like the most like <laughs> successful way that you can do drag that is, is, being, is being able to play in all of the versatility. I love that. I definitely love that. In my experience here in particular, when it comes to the Kings in general, when it, especially when it comes to Kings versus Queens, I just feel like a lot of the Kings, the male presenting performers here, it's not that they're not entertaining, but when it comes to drag, like your physical aspect of it, a lot of them, like you said, Nocturna, people want to come and be who they are. It's like, what I'm giving you is what I want you to love and take and, and want more of it. When the sad fact is, if I'm not wowed, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the kings here, when you when they say, hey, what can I do to be better? And you say you need to keep elevating. You need to keep trying new things. You need to keep embellishing, adding more, doing more. They get offended and they take it the wrong way. And you're saying, oh, yeah. my stuff is cheap or my stuff isn't valid because I'm not spending or over $500. Or I can't afford No. It. Yeah, I've read yeah. it. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can keep a budget, but you can also tell when you're taking the time to elevate your drag. Exactly. I've made costumes with $10 and a hope and a prayer <laughs> that look like I bought it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's just you have to try. And I feel like a lot of the kings here, they don't want to try. They think, what I put together today is enough. And if you don't like it, then there's something wrong with you. Yep. Instead of saying, I want to grow and I want to continue to be better it's and I want to do something it's else. It's the grass is greener on the other side. And it's like, it's not that the grass is greener on the other side. You're just not taking care of your side. Your side could be as lush and as beautiful, but you're not putting the effort in to make it that lush. It's an investment. And a lot of people ignore that fact when they see what everyone else has. And Nocturna, to your credit, like, let's talk about like your challenges that you do. Mm -hmm. and, and Those looks, I think you pointed out that those looks were all inexpensive. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the construction coming up with that stuff. It just took time and work. Yeah. Took yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. And I think like, cause like we're talking about like Kings, I think there are a lot of drag queens in this community too, mm -hmm. that are just as guilty of mm -hmm. like doing the same three numbers with the same three dirty costumes and being like, <laughs> I should be booked in every one of your shows. Yeah. So I don't think that's specifically just a King thing. And I love going to watch drag. And one thing I, I will like, not one thing, but a thing I want to give the kings, especially the ones coming up in the scene right now, is their concepts compared to the queen's concepts mm. are wild. Oh, yeah. Where, like, a lot of us, like, I'm a visual. I, mm. My numbers aren't high concept or anything. I'm going to present a look and give you a number. I think the kings are really good at, like, creating that, like, storytelling yeah. part that, of drag. Yeah, I definitely agree. definitely agree, agree that, that there are some that I've watched that, you know, are not necessarily flip phone kings. But, like, I go out and I'm like, man, that was good. Mm -hmm. Like, I enjoy it. I can see the story behind it. Yeah. Love the costume. I love the concept. I love all of it. There are a bunch of kings. I just think what I think the kings need to do and, and my advice because a lot of people don't know i was a king first before i was a queen i was a pageant king to create it's time for them to me to create more shows for themselves because those shows would be just successful successful as some of the shows 
that we've been uh, have a pleasure to be a part of and to create is just mm-hmm. have faith in your art form because I think that they I think some entertainers rest on trying to be a part of something instead of saying hey let me create something that people can be a part of like you've done with ghoul friends and because i think like you said a lot of these kings there are really really good kings and i think some of the next episodes i'll name a few just to let them know that i see them out there that are doing great for themselves Mm -hmm. in this industry it just sucks there's not a lot of venues and not a lot of shows for them to be a part of and then some of the shows, because there's me, there are some king shows where I don't see a lot of these new creative kings that are able to be a part of. Like, I love Dragged Out, but I would love to see some of the newer kings on Dragged Out. I think a lot of the new kings didn't know about Dragged Out. Really, aren't aware because there's that like Saint Paul divide kind of mm-hmm. deal. Oh like, yeah, that you perform true. in Minneapolis, like you don't really go over to Saint Paul kind of that's deal. True. That's I think true. it's just a, also a, there's like a lack of like knowledge gathering when new performers enter the scene being like, who were the performers before, before I came in or who were the performers like deep after that? Like I was watching drag before I started it. Dang. So I was like sitting like 18 fresh from the country at the nineties watching CC Russell mm-hmm. and Roxy Marquis and Marco oh West and yeah. all of them, like, just I wish it was back in those days where I could just stand in one spot and have a line, baby. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, Nocturna, yeah. See, a lot of people don't like because now it's like a struggle to get a tip at some of the shows. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember going to those shows, like, and watching them like have lines of people that as soon as their song came on, these people were like standing up ready to tip them. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> they were. That was good. I'm glad I got to perform shows like that. But those were the days. Like that that was nice. And you just felt like in those days your drag was like appreciated. Cause even though in a lot of queens, oh Sasha, you work flip phone, you're just I do commercial drag. You we know that in commercial drag, we're like circus clowns. They come to see us jump around and perform <laughs> and dance. But those days they were treating us like freaking gods and it's a difference you know and yet i've earned a a nice little fan base from flip phone but still people come to see a circus clown they come to see somebody do tricks honey oh yeah i i feel like a lot of drag brunches are kind of just like the modern day freak show it is you're like oh man And I do do feel like a clown. Like some of the most ugly moments of my drag career have been because of flip phone drag. Like dressed as Zach Morris for Saved by the Bell. (laughs) Hilarious. Which I pretty much just had to recycle that costume to be Jane Lynch in the Glee brunch a couple of years ago. I wanted to hear you say how much you hated your look. Oh my God. It's a fun brunch. That memory pops up and I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm really happy the other two looks don't ever pop up in my memory like, i don't think i reshared those ones <laughs> mine's probably definitely will be uh the sister act brunch when i have to do whoopi goldberg oh yeah. you don't feel good during that yeah. one no eyebrows no, no just bland brown lips no real yeah no my wigs i always complain when i have to do that one yeah yeah it's not because how can you make looking like a nun look fabulous i'm sorry no that that show is a a beast too and i don't think i think people see the videos of like 
us collecting tips. Yeah. But they don't watch that, like, we're doing this three times in a row in wet drag. We're changing back into wet drag for the second and third round. And you maybe have 10 to 15 minutes, like, less to get into a costume and be the elevator might be broken and you might have to run <laughs> the up elevator the stairs in a broken. pair of heels. <laughs> Feet soy. Oh Feet my God. Like you name it. That's why like, I would lo love performers. Like if you're new, enjoy it because mm -hmm. that's what it was when I was coming up. I just liked being in drag. Mm -hmm. I didn't exactly. care if I was getting booked hundred dollar show. I didn't even care. Sometimes I didn't even get show pay. I just wanted to perform. I wanted to like create. Cause in those days I was creating some of my own looks and I just wanted to wear something that I made on stage. It was exactly. fun. Yeah. It's oh. rare that I say no to a show these days. Cause I'm just like excited for a new experience, mm -hmm. especially being in the Minneapolis scene for so long. And the city doesn't really grow. Like we didn't get any new venues. One just closed and then reopened with new owners. You know, <laughs> it still feels weird to be in there, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I just get excited to do like new things. And I and think that's, that's why I did those, like those looks over October mm -hmm. and December. Cause I was just like, here's an opportunity for me mm -hmm. to just like focus on the makeup portion. I see you doing a few well, other like newer shows that are popping up, which mm -hmm. I'm not, hey, if you're listening, Sasha still likes to do that too. People don't ask me because they think that I'm above taking a $40, $50 yeah. gig. If it's fun, I'll do it. I, I really will do it because- I've been told that they yeah. thought I would say no if they asked. And I'm like, wow. Nope. And see, they don't know that we long for something like that when we've been doing drag all these years and we have made it to a certain place where we can be comfortable in it. But it's still, it's so much fun to go back and just enjoy being a part of a drag show. Exactly. Like, I just love that feeling. Which I um, think... Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say the conversation is swaying me to say one of my questions I actually had for you was about this in particular. The train just went off the track. But about uh, recently, someone made a mention of the top six oh my god in our community <laughs> and although they didn't name any names as to who the top six were obviously everyone made their own inferences but for the most part those of us who know we no. know oh we knew who we were already did so we, did you did you know nocturna what? did you know i had a that? feeling okay <laughs> so i mean i personally feel like it was already wild that the comment was made but hey that's that person's opinion do you you know, but I wanted to know one, how do you feel about that? And do you think it's true? Like, basically, are there a lot of shows or show directors or producers here that are gatekeeping basically for their friends or for their drag children or like, like you were saying, you like seeing new people come up as long as they're willing to work and grow and everything. But do you think a lot of producers here are like, well, I already work with this queen, so I'm only going to continue working with this queen. You were fabulous, but since you're brand new, I'm just not going to work with you at all. I don't feel like it's that like cut and dry, mm -hmm. that, that that's what's happening okay. in the city at all. I think there are a lot of different things that go into being a producer, and you won't realize it until you are producing, that when you're booking a performer, you want to know that they're bringing quality entertainment to your show, mm -hmm. that you are going to be promoting that show that you are booked for, that you 
are going to bring your friends to that show. There's a bunch of different levels to it. I personally, if I see someone being a damn mess online 24 mm seven, -hmm. I'm not gonna book you yeah. mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you are no longer a party to me online. So why do I wanna put that yeah. into the show? Yeah. And yes, producers are going to have people that they really like working with because that person proved to that producer that they are reliable that they deliver every time that they get booked. Like I added cast members to Ghoul Friends because they like stepped in and like helped me when mm -hmm. we had like call outs or people back out. And so those two like proved themselves. And I was like, yeah, I would love to have you on cast. Plus That's they're cool. amazing artists. Mm -hmm. I, the, the top six comment that was made and that it was made on a, during a show, like during a number, where during a competition, the top six that you were probably referring to were all sitting in the audience supporting this show yeah. and the contestants. <laughs> like, Wait, and we're, we're not dumb. We've been we've been around long enough to know when someone is talking about you. Yeah, I think there is a way to create change in the drag scene without attacking each other. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's like the big thing. Because, and I don't think I don't think there's a lot of thinking going into online fighting all the time because we're also using those same platforms to advertise our show mm -hmm. to people mm -hmm. yeah. so if people are paying more attention to the the drama that's happening in the scene they're probably not going to want to come to the show that we're advertising that's so true that's, that's true very well said yeah that is very well I, said i think it goes back to what we were originally talking about like the way that drag is portrayed on TV sometimes his swing, how people talk to each other mm -hmm. and how they deal with each other. Cause I personally feel like the comment was entirely rude. That's how I feel personally. And I don't think it's something that should have been said, especially during a competition and in front of, like you said, the people that are actually here to support you and hope you do a great job. <laughs> but I mean, I just feel like, now, a lot of people, like I said earlier, instead of trying to figure out how to fit into what they see going on, they'd rather attack you and say that there's something wrong with you. So, yeah, it is. It is sad. And I have to say, please don't waste your energy. I'll speak for myself. Don't waste it on me because I'd be so unbothered. <laughs> like, for real, I'm, mm -hmm. like I, and I, when I do like if you see me like argue on the Internet, it's, it's for fun. I'm, <laughs> I want some entertainment. I'm bored. I've played all my video games. I beat them. I'm waiting on new ones to come out. Uh, and I have time. <laughs> so I'll speak just uh, just as a producer of Ghoul Friends. Like, I have had people message me and be like, you haven't booked me yet. And I'm like, mm, well, <laughs> you don't get it just because you ask. But I, there's a reason that there are more cast member slots in a show than guest spots. Mm -hmm. Because the familiarity of going to a show and seeing one of your favorites again mm -hmm. is what has people keep on coming back. And the guest is like the bonus to the show. Like this is the new, fresh, exciting yeah. thing mm -hmm. that like you haven't seen with our cast before. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, we've all gone to the, like back in the day, I would go to the nineties and I wouldn't care if I saw Monica West do her superstar number a bajillion <laughs> times. I was just excited to see Monica West do right. her superstar right. number. Right. Right. And, that's how shows are built is having a consistent cast mm -hmm. or a regular 
performers that come through to help build that brand. That's definitely how Flip Phone achieved a lot of yeah. success because of the hard work of me, you, you know, and others that work with the show and the people that come back and be like, oh my goodness, I brought my friend back to see you. And that mm -hmm. people don't realize that it's a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're really trying to make money from it, I think that's the what entertainers also have to understand. It's either you're doing it for fun or you're trying to make it a career. And if you're trying to make it a career, you got to do the right things. You have to promote your shows. You have to go out to other shows that you're not a part of. That part. If you want to be in somebody's shows, I'll, I'll use Luna as a good example. Luna got into flip phone brunches because we would do themes and Luna would post herself in a theme, like a whole look. And of course they got your, got my attention after a while. Like, you know, Chad sent me, hey, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. That was incredible. And that's how she got booked. That's yeah. exactly how. And she came in as a cameo and she took off from there. Same mm -hmm. with Anya and others. I just think that like, instead of just like going after our top six, or, again, because the top six that you named, totally unbothered. We've been doing drag so long. Like, I don't think we even like care to quarrel with anyone about like, it's unnecessary. We're, I'd rather you hit me up and say, hey, Sasha, you know, can you help me? Sure. I'll point you to a good designer. You know, I may not be available to like help you rhinestone, but I'll make all kinds of suggestions. And I'm very supportive in that way. If I have old drag and old wigs, I'm not going to charge you for them. I give stuff away because mm -hmm. I don't feel like it has a value after we've worn it 10 or 20 times. I'm, I think the top six that they're like naming, they don't realize how supportive we are because we came from such a hard knock scene when we were coming up where we had people that were in power that told us you're ugly. <laughs> I, I like straight up, you're ugly. I got introduced in a show as it doesn't fucking matter. Just play her music. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She is not lying, honey. So I had to come out, perform my <laughs> little song. <laughs> and you would like literally get red for like 20 minutes after you went off stage if you looked busted. Mm -mm. You know, even if you had a hole in your stocking. So it's like, you don't realize the top six that you named. We were like, we under, we know that feeling. So we don't want to treat you like that. That's not something I get off up on, like going to see a new performer. That's not the best. I don't enjoy tearing anyone down because you can dig some of Sasha's old pictures of, and I was, oof, my goodness. My goodness. That track was unfortunate, honey, <laughs> back in those days. <laughs> I don't share my photos. I share them regularly. To be like, I think we should back start in there. my day. We didn't good at we didn't get good at drag before we started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I watch these eighteen year olds come out. And I'm like, well, fuck you. You're beautiful. <laughs> I call them some of the COVID babies. Honey. Yeah. They're they're like incredible. And I'm like, boo. I was terrible in drag when I first started. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what it should. I should post a picture and be like. Top six. <laughs> you have to be like bad in your drag at least once. Oh God! Like, yeah, you learn from it. That's the bad drag we're trying to protect. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, but that brings my question because when I started coming around, like you, Julia, Mother, Genevieve, y'all were y'all were running circles, you know, around the city, and then you took a break, which is something that is not, I guess, is not. And I say celebrated because sometimes you have to t take a step away from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember asking you, like, are you serious? Like, are you leaving? Because you, again, like, I think Genevieve was the first person I ever saw in drag. And then the next time I went to a show, it was you and Julia. And, like, y'all three were the only ones that I knew of in the scene and that I followed and kept up with. And, like, so to see you go, I was like, no, I'm just starting. Like, I want to learn from you. But how necessary 
you like, especially when you came back and you talked about it, it was like, I needed that. I needed that time. And I, so I guess my question is like, if you could speak to like that break, why you felt it was necessary, if you're willing to share and how that has then brought you to where you are when you came back and, you know, you created all these phenomenal shows, whether they were one night shows or girlfriends, you know, there's so much more opportunity, especially for all entertainers, again, because of you. Mm-hmm. Work, all of us work in nightlife, which is already a very toxic environment to work in. We are constantly surrounded by drugs, alcohol, then layer on the pressure to perform, which most of us are pretty introverted, shy people outside of drag. Mm-hmm. The stress of getting to get getting shows together. And we put so much emphasis into performing and to making the look that we forget to take care of our mental health. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was eight solid years of me just like going from like zero to a hundred. Yeah. And I, there was a point where I would be doing three flip phone brunches on a Saturday morning, go work at lush that night, then do another three brunches Sunday morning. Or sometimes a first Avenue show or a first Avenue show. And I got to the point that I was having like mental breakdowns after I got home. Like I was like keeping my shit together to do the show but it was like killing me outside of drag and finally i was like i need to quit and i i quit like i did not have any intent on like coming back to perform because i was just like i'm just ready to step away from this environment i can't handle it anymore and taking that year off one rejuvenated me and two made me miss drag and made me love it again and crave to be in it. Mm-hmm. It's also easier for me to say no now or to know my limits because I took a break like that. And I think there are a lot of people, you don't have to take a year off, but just take a full weekend off. Give yeah. yourself like a full weekend not to do a show. Mm-hmm. I I always feel like it's find your find your busiest time of the year and then take a month at, month off after that season. I think it's the best thing that you can do for your mental health. But I, I still struggle with it now. Like, I love performing, but there are also times that I just sit and daydream about living in a little, like, cabin in the woods. Mm. Like, just enjoying, mm-hmm. just enjoying yourself. And doing, I don't know if it's the same for all of you, but has doing drag made it feel like time sped up? Like, oh, oh God, yeah. my goodness, oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. You're like, 2024. Yeah. yeah. It feels like you just cranked a time machine up. And I know that's part of getting older. I'm 35 years old. <laughs> like everything just starts feeling like it's going faster. But like drag really cranks that up a level. I th- and I think it's because we're always looking to that show that's a month from now mm-hmm, that we're yeah. getting ready for. So it's like we're never really sitting back and, and just, enjoying the present. Yeah. You know, I was telling my boyfriend, I think my favorite thing that I'm looking towards with drag is retirement. Yep. And he was like, wow. I'm like, yeah, seriously. I've been doing it nonstop almost 16 years. I took a year off because I needed to. But like when I came back, it's just been like constant. And I think the thing I'm looking towards is like facial hair. And just, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what I look like, like in a full beard. COVID gave me like a little taste. Mm-hmm. But then we started doing digital drag. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to my beard. I decided because like I was trying not to like shave my chest like at any point again that way like I wouldn't 
have to sit and deal with everything. But then like looking at like my entire closet of drag, like go to go work at the nineties, I was like, everything's like kind of slutty and (laughs) so like i had to literally sit in front of the mirror and do some like deep breathing exercises before i finally just turned on the clippers and was like okay here we go (laughs) it's so sad it's like losing a friend it is like covid boo i'm gonna tell you i loved my facial hair and then chat's like what do you think about digital drag brunches i was like oh my god no I miss <laughs> digital drag. Weren't they fun though? Um, was that so first fun. one was just like, um, what? <laughs> did did the... we do? What did we do? Tiger King? No, the wasn't the first one just an open. It was just oh yeah, it was just it was a like regular, the first yeah. time that we got to just do yeah. something without yeah. a theme. Mm. It was fun. Yeah, I did like these because drag was like from here from up. the waist up. Oh, oh my, <laughs> so God. fabulous, honey. I think I have a photo floating around of me in Alphaba makeup and a hat, but it's a jock strap and a Miller Light. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, drag from the waist up. That is my kind of drag. <laughs> Let me tell you. Pointer oh sister. God. We got to be really, really creative. In that it. was really good. So like Nocturna, like going forward, what do you think you would like to see in the scene, the drag scene going forward? Because I'm going to tell you something, especially after my little episode with my Facebook things, I just would love to see us come together. Like, mm-hmm. No matter what, even the people that I beef with, and I'm not even going to call it beef, have disagreements with I would just love to see us be a collective and a community and just come together because Minneapolis has so many good entertainers and artists here. I just would love to see our queerness shine bright together. What about you? I I would love to see us be able to have conversations with each other and not arguments because Mm -hmm. nothing is going to be achieved when both sides are heated and trying to defend themselves in Mm -hmm. that moment versus just sitting and talking with each other. I would love to see like more opportunities pop up for drag. And that is going to be the creation of like more shows. Yeah, Like I think if we had one more like weekly show like hot pink and ladies of la femme that was like happening somewhere that was just like multiple nights a week at the same venue i think that would create a lot more opportunities and i i'm i really want everyone to just like feel safe and and accepted in all of our spaces Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah same yeah i think that's like my biggest hope and to let also, just don't give some one or two shows so much power over your drag career. I just think that was the difference. We were so different when it came to like shows. And then maybe it was because we had so many to choose from in those times. It was not a lot of entertainers, but it was just fun. And I just don't want performers to forget to have fun with your drag because part of having doing good drag is having a good time doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, can never forget that my drag mother taught me that she's like if you're not having fun why why even bother oh yeah if you don't want to grow if you're not having fun doing drag and you're only doing it for financial reasons like that's solely the only reason you do it you shouldn't be doing it it's art first because it's your personal art that's why you started it and then you get to take that and do what you want with it Mm -hmm. have it be doing those like super artistic shows corporate style drag you get to choose, but always let it be like the reason that you love drag foremost. All right. Yeah. Well, before we go, I always ask people about politics. I have to ask you really briefly. You don't have to give me like a, like who are you voting for? 
Trick question. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> but Trump. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Joe Biden is like... I mean, I'm not, if I have to, I'm not going to be happy about it. I know, I know, because I it's, don't... I mean, it's the same as last time. None of us really wanted to vote for... Well, that's if, if in no shade to you, Joe Biden. I hope you make it to November, but like he's like... He can barely walk up the stairs, honey. Sure. So, like, hopefully he is alive to be voted for. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kamala Harris, honey. Yeah. I, I tend to, when it comes to politics, like world politics and everything, I give myself once a week to try to, like, sit down and catch up on everything. Otherwise, I feel like it's, we're not supposed, as a human race, supposed to be plugged into everything that's happening throughout the world. Yes. Like, we were originally designed to have small communities without technology, mm -hmm. and that's, like, the world that we kind of, like, functioned in. So I feel like a lot of us who do have anxiety, depression, etc., having that much constant knowledge come in can really just like ruin your day, day in and day out. I agree. So I try to give myself one time. And lately I've like tried to focus more on like local government and what I can do local government because I feel like I it's easier to make an impact locally mm -hmm. than it is on a national level. Okay. Amen. Even though I know you're not Christian, I'm not either. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not even a I'm, Satanist. I'm, I'm just southern, like I'm Southern. We say Amen down there. So sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm not a Christian. Amen. <laughs> she is not a Christian. She's not a Christian. <laughs> say it, say it. Witches and Gorgiles. <laughs> Gorgiles. <laughs> he said Gorgiles. It's a show Wife Swap. Have you seen Wife Swap before? If you haven't seen it, you it's saw so that. I think like oh, I've seen some reruns. Yeah, that's like my number one. It's so oh, that woman is it's, legend. Yeah, huh? Gorga. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like do you feel like when you walk? I know me, like I get my nails done. I feel like a lot of times when I walk, people they look at me right away. She is not a Christian. <laughs> you can talk to her and they're like, oh no, honey. No. Actually, that could be an interesting question for you, knockers. You have a lot of tattoos. Have you ever had people be like, What's up with your tattoos? My like, entire family? No. Well, okay. <laughs> I follow you. I'm so what have you done to God's temple today, Justin? <laughs> oh, well, I just put a burning steeple on my cap. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom tries to justify everything. She's like, that upside down cross on your leg? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, it's, it's upright when you're looking at it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's like if you're gonna do it do it right uh, yeah. <laughs> <Clear>. <laughs> well nocturna before we go we have to show we do shout outs to all the shows yes. so we got shows coming up i know if you want to go see some good drag around here there is shows at the gay 90s the ladies of the fam they have shows wednesday through sunday then we got roxy's cabaret they have shows I think, uh, it's a Thursday I think through it's Sunday? Thursday through Sunday. And then we got karaoke on Mondays with yep. Dina V. Ramona Love. Yes. And you oh. may catch Mysterio Cassidy in the building. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, got, uh, we have Hace. We have shows at Lush. We got Hacees over okay. at Lush. And then they have their weekly Mirage show and their brunch shows on uh, the weekends as well. Okay. And then we have a few other shows. We got shows at Saloon. We got Hot Pink on Tuesdays. We got Hot Pink on Saturdays. And then when this comes out, Girlfriends is this Sunday, is it not? 
Uh, oh, it's already happened. Oh no, no, it's, it should not until February twenty first. February, it's already happened. Okay, not February twenty first, and that's okay. and that's Heartbreak Hotel, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for that. Oh, excited. That's a good theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have what else? The shows we have. It was over at Black Heart as well. Over in mm-hmm. St. Paul, make sure you go support them. When this comes out, is the same night that Booked Evolve happens mm-hmm. on the twenty sixth. Yeah, that's over at Saloon. Trying to think what else we got a bunch of shows yeah. anyway. Like, if you don't know, Minneapolis has a vibrant mm-hmm. drag scene. Yeah, go on social oh, media. Soulful Sunday, so yes, Sunday. Okay. Christina's show. Soulful Sunday, uh, shout out to Ruski. I'm so excited for that. I, I am excited for that. I love some good church music, <laughs> but like I said, go on social media and look. Don't make excuses like we don't have good shows around here. There are so many. If you're not a part of them, go support them, yes. advertise them. Because if you want people in them seats, honey, we have to do the work as a community to make sure that all of these shows are very mm-hmm. successful. Support your local drag and also tip these tip performers. We don't do it for free. Auntie. <laughs> Auntie. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe to Lemon Squeeze. We love you so much. Nocturna, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, when we go live, I'm going to let Nocturna ghoul me out. I would love to still do a spooky. Yeah, yes. I have to do a spooky. But it's been a pleasure, sister. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Nocturna. And thank you so much, Lemon Cookies, for listening to another episode of Lemon Squeeze. As always, it is time for me to go drink my juice, Shelby. Good night. <laughs>